at the point I actually stopped DJing, I just wanted to take a break. Be sure to tune in for the second episode of The Revealed Podcast with a very, very special guest, the label man, the boss man, Robert Vandekorper, better known as Hardwell. Well, I got to say that I'm pretty honored and excited to be here for the second episode of Together We Go All Out. Um, you know, in the new Revealed Studios. Um, and on top of it, I am talking to the, the guy, the, the one and only, the guy who needs no introduction, but we'll give him some facts anyways before we go into it. We got the guy who's been active since 2002. Started when he was 14, first record deal. In 20, 2010, started his own imprint, Revealed Recordings. Two documentaries, two times number one DJ in the world, 2013, 2014, always number one in our hearts though. <laughs> And in 2018, made a decision to quit touring, take a break. I'm super happy to be here to talk to you, the brother, Hardwell. What's up, man? What's up, man? <laughs> super cool to be doing this in the new offices, man. It's beautiful. Right? It Congratulations. Great, yeah, Thank you. Sick. Really it's happy. Sick. New step forward in the future of Revealed. Man, I took the tour before and just the new studios are amazing. Right? Yeah, it's just like, it's like a... It feels like a, a real record label. Like it's. I'm like I'm honestly ma- really happy that we all did this, and it's a really, well, a great step forward into the yeah, future. Yeah, the team is amazing. It looks absolutely incredible, and everybody just seems like a happy and fun place to come work and stuff. So, yeah, congratulations. Thank you, man. Um, before we go into like, you know, deep stuff or yeah. you know, and factual stuff. Yeah. You know, just from like man to man, like, how you doing right now? You know uh, what I mean? How how is everything going since the since the break, since the big decision? Uh, well, I think I've never been better than I am right now, just in a personal way. You know, um, like over the last year, I spend a lot of time just enjoying life, like in general, with family and friends. And I know this sounds like so official because that was the statement. What the statement said? Yeah, like, yeah. yo, I'm taking yeah. time off. To yeah, spend. for sure. But like. I, I, like, I discovered myself again, like how a regular life is, like doing my own grocery shopping, you know, spending time with my mom and dad, seeing my friends on their birthday. Normally I was just touring and- Regular important stuff that you don't necessarily like, get to do. Yeah, and like for the last, over the last decade, I never had like a regular life. So I'm really happy that I'm living a normal life now we're with reveal as you mentioned we just bought an office like an office a proper office and i'm here to all, take care of it hands to take on, care of hands me on, I'm, yeah. I'm here you know i'm here to guide the guys i'm here like behind the behind the scene stuff like you know like i'm i'm still working a lot like i got i got asked the question a lot so oh wow you're uh, on a sabbatical and so what you're doing how how does your life look right now and People think I quit working. I didn't and they quit. couldn't be more wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I quit touring in the first place. And um, I'm like in a, on a weekly base, like I'm still five days a week in the studio, uh, checking music, working on music. Uh, um, I'm here at the office uh, once a week, once in the two weeks, just, you know, sometimes just to hang out and sometimes like, of, like official staff meetings. Yeah. And I'm sure like doing stuff like that makes you rediscover yourself, not just personally, but even musically too. I'm sure like having, um, 
having taken a sabbatical, you have more time to be free, more t- things are less rushed, yet you get to explore more. I'm sure that you, your discovery, you, it's like a rediscovery in many different facets of your life. Like in a lot of different ways, like I'm discovering myself in a lot of new ways. Uh, I feel like, I feel like the, 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 the kid Robert, you know, like myself, like I, when I was a kid in my, in, the, in my bedroom studio in my parents' house, I was just making music, like there was no deadline. Uh, I, did, I was never in the studio to make a hit record. I was just making music that I, that came from my heart that I really, like really liked. Like for my whole career, I was always making the music that was really close to me, the music that I wanted to hear on a festival or in a club. And uh, because of all the deadlines, all the festivals, you know, at a certain point I was touring that much that I was only making music that worked in my set. As a DJ. Yeah, that was the focus, right? Like my that focus. had to be the focus. Exactly. Yeah. I made I made the music that really worked in my DJ sets, and now I'm making music that I really like. And I'm not doing any DJ shows. So in a variety the, of different styles, by the way. Yeah, in know, like, like that, lot, that's what's cool. Yeah, in like a lot of different styles, and um, it takes a lot of time though. But now we're a year later, and. I've never been as happy as I am right now in the studio. Like I really enjoy the music that I'm making and it, I, I don't know, it, like it feels closer to who I really am. More personal. More personal, like I'm Getting really- Getting back in touch with yourself. That's music. it, yeah, that's basically it. I have a question, random question. Since you were talking about like how you felt when you were a kid, besides being a DJ, was there like, did you wanna like do something else? Did you wanna like be a police officer or anything? Like when you were a kid and your parents would ask you like, hey, what do you wanna be with you grow up? Like what, what? Did you have any other aspirations when you were that young? No, I, in the very first beginning, I said dentist, but I never know uh, why I actually said that. <laughs> no, like um, on the other hand, like I really like to do like a lot of uh, visual stuff, like graphic designing. And uh, yeah, we did a lot of that actually. Well, I was like a big part of the redesigning of the whole revealed artwork and myself with the team. And yeah, I like that, you know, being more involved and, you know, focus on that Well, kind it's of your point. baby because I, I don't like... I know this story. I don't know if a lot of people know this story, but I like when you told me the story that, you know, Revealed was basically born out of a need. Yeah. Like as in you were making the music that you liked, that you loved, like you were talking about, right? Yeah. That you, did, you didn't have a deadline. You didn't have, any, you just wanted to exactly. hear that stuff. Yeah. But nobody was really signing that stuff. Like you would send that to a bunch of different people and it's like your records weren't getting signed. And then you were like, man, screw this. I'm I got to do it my myself Yeah, and go figure, you know, Reveal has become one of the biggest independent dance music labels in the world. Yeah, it was, it was so weird, you know, uh, before and still till this day. Now I got like the stamp of Big Room House or whatever it is, but I always played Progressive House, Electro House. I made all kinds of genres and I always try to combine as much as I can. I don't want to focus myself on one specific genre. I, I, I just believe in really good music and music in, in, especially for me as a DJ, I love dance music. I love everything. I love dubstep. I love deep house. I love hardstyle, everything. And to use different kinds of genres, that's always what I was experimenting with. And it, it, before Revealed started, there was no label that open-minded to, mm. you know, in the beginning, now, like if we, if we take the current big room house sound, yeah. 10 years ago, people called me trance. That was trance music. That's true. It was trance yeah. music. Yeah, you're right. There were big chords, a big breakdown and a heavy drop, which is trance music, but slower. That's basically how they described me back then. 
And I can tell by the awards that I won throughout the year from like best breakthrough artist to best electro house DJ, best pop artist, best electro house, progressive, big room. Like they, <laughs> yeah. there's no, they, there was no genre. There was no like, genre. They didn't know where to put you. Yeah. Cause you, but so it shows, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, dan- I, I feel you because dance music is dance music. You know, reggaeton to me is is dance music. It, dance music to me is anything you can dance to. Exactly, that's and it basically shows, it. And it shows in you know it shows in your production. It shows in your evolution through through the years. And speaking of like, uh, speaking of the the birth of Revealed, yeah. how did like the first release come about? Like, what did you say? Okay, this is the one I'm putting out on my own. Like, I have to do this by myself. Um, well, it was a lot of music laying around. You know what? I'm gonna add another answer to your question please like do, the, please the, do. the name reveal mm-hmm. was very simple it came about i was on vacation i was on the beach a little drunk with a couple of friends as usual <laughs> <laughs> it happened often and we were standing there and as you mentioned no record label was interested in my music and one of my friends said yo it's time to reveal the world who hardwell is and that was the quote like reveal it's time, time getting revealed. Yeah. yeah, that's how the name Revealed came about. And um, well, yeah, at that point, I was just working on different kind of, like, different kind of stuff. And I had one uh, record laying around with my friend Dan, back then Funkadelic, now known as uh, Danik. Danik, yeah. And um, that was actually, actually it started as a bootleg uh, of a defected song, uh, Bad Habit. I don't know if you, if you know if you. I got a bad bad habit, baby. Yeah. Baby, it's you. Uh, of one. course, I know my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that was actually the bootleg, and then we um, we released it as the first release on uh, on Revealed, and from that point on, we, there was there was at, at at that point there was a label bringing out that new generation dance music. That's what I call it, because like. When revealed, I, that's what, how you saw Revealed. How I saw Revealed, like I wanted to focus on the new guys, help the new guys and work on new music. It was not like a record label that needed, that, that, that Hardwell needed, like, you know, it's, it was not like, it is Hardwell's imprint, like it's really weird to talk in third person, by the way, but. No, it's like, fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's like, I wanted to create a record label as a proper record label. Like back then, uh, some of the DJs, they had their own record label, but th- that was for their own releases. And I wanted to focus on like other guys I believed in. That's why, that's why the first release was, with Danik already. And how did you do that? Because like to me, starting a record label, if you're gonna do it properly, yeah. it's not like, just, oh, this is a dope track, I'm gonna put it out myself. Like how did you go about like, you know, we're talking about legal, we're talking about creative, we're talking yeah. about like a bunch of different departments to run a record label. Like, where did you start? How did you say, you know, who did you go to? Like, what was the process in saying, okay, cool, I have this idea, bring every facet to life because we just talk about the music but at the end of the day that whole business exactly the whole back end is not what people see how did you go about learning and getting interested in that and who did you turn to you know who gave you feedback who you know how did you get that inspiration the business inspiration well the business inspiration for me started really young as you mentioned in the introduction i was uh, 14 years old when i signed my first record deal that was to a record company in Holland called DigiDance. And uh, since I was 14 years old, I walked around at the record company. I wasn't even working there. I was just walking around. Uh, at some point, I had my own studio space there. Uh, but I was attending to meetings as well as a kid. 
because I wanted to know the ends and the outside. Just like sitting in the corner. Yeah, sitting in the corner and just listening to um, like how the business is, was working. And then at that point, I I started revealed with Matthijs, uh, and uh, he was like already working at DigiDance back then, doing legal stuff and royalties and like all and licensing and. So yeah, he really did like the business side at the beginning of Revealed and I was just like com- like completely doing the creative side from artwork to uh, even the Revealed logo to uh, mastering the tracks, A&Ring the tracks. And I've been DJing for a long time. So if you look at the releases of the of the the first hard the first Revealed releases on Revealed, they were all like close friends to me. And they just kept sending me music. And when at at a certain point that Revealed became bigger, uh, and people, like a lot of young kids were like focusing on that, that before it was called Big Room, like the progressive, the harder dance music style. Yeah. And finally in the world, there was an imprint, like uh, there was like- uh, that, could, that could release that, that could push exactly. that. Exactly. That was looking for that. That was looking that's for what, that. Looking for that. And then all of a sudden my DJ career took more off. And that's like when Revealed really showed like, yo, this is an imprint that's actually believing in the new focus of dance music, like the new hype, this is gonna be. We were all there before something like Big yeah, sure. even started. Yeah, yeah, before even the term EDM, I believe. Before the before term EDM. the term EDM, I believe, because to me that's something that's still, you know, still to this day, people don't understand how how complicating how complicated it is as an artist to even understand your rights. Yeah. Understand your publishing rights. Understand your neighboring rights. It's really difficult. These are. It's very, very hard to understand how to get paid. Yeah. You know what I mean? To, like to understand your revenue streams. So, do you really think that you know because you were in those meetings that that's how you gained an interest and that's how you understood very young and you were able to give that knowledge to the guys, to the team, to execute while you were on tour? Or is that something you also had to take care of yourself? Like really? No, I had to really take care of that myself as well. And I started at the Rock Academy um, after high school. And then I learned a lot there. Like, as you said, like the business side of, of music, how does it work? How does a contract work? And uh, even I had like the crazy story about, you know, uh, the first manager that actually kind of used me as a milk cow. Yeah, we all, yeah, we, yeah, everybody has that one, yeah, the first so, one, yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of hard, but you learn, you know, it's like, that's, that's life. That's the progress of life. And, uh, makes you better. Makes, makes you, you better, way better. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was like a really big inspiration for me that with Revealed, I wanted to be more transparent for the scene, for the young kids. Like I'm not here with Revealed to make a lot of money out of a young kid. No, I generally want to help like a lot of people and just, yeah, I, I'm never focused on the music and the music meant- is more important for me than like generating a lot of money or streams. Yeah, it's definitely never meant to be exploitive. Exactly, yeah. You know, being being part of a label myself for many years, I could see the evolution and it was never meant to be exploitive, always meant to, to help the artist, absolutely. Good music, I always believe in good music and that's like the business card of this record company. It's not a record company that, well, yeah, I think you can tell, no, we, we never released like shitty music just because it had, I'm, with shitty music, I mean like we never released a track that will work really commercial, but honestly, we didn't like. You know, every every release we did was like we believed in it. Genuinely exactly. like the record. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Do you still remember how, when, where, what song it was? What was the first time you heard like one of your songs played on the radio? Um, like, were you in your car? You at home? Did someone call you? And, like, Robert, you're on the radio. 
exactly. And this oh, is, is that what happened? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I mean, maybe the diehard fans know this story, but coming back to my uh, age, by the age of fourteen, I uh, I already had the name Hardwell. I was releasing stuff on my website for free, MP3 files. Was no streaming service back then, no SoundCloud, no YouTube, nothing. And I uploaded my tracks myself on my website as MP3. And well, they were gaining like a lot of downloads, like for a young guy in high school. Yeah, it was know, like impressive that. Like it went up to like 3,000, 4,000. So, like, yeah, it worked. And they were played out in some of the clubs, and that was really cool. And then I was sleeping. I was 14 years old, I think it was like 11, 11 p.m. or so. And my dad woke me up. And they played my one of my songs on the national Dutch radio, on the biggest radio station, 538. Ooh. And with the call, not playing the record, with the call, who is Hardwell? Can he c- contact us right now? That was live on national wow. radio. And I contacted them. And that was my invitation to go to the record company, DigiDance. And at that point, they offered me a record deal. That's insane. So the first time my record was played on a national radio was like, like more like a call for me to, yo. Usually artists want to get on the radio and this time it was the complete opposite. The it was opposite. like, we got this record. Who the hell is this kid? And th- that was so funny. I was 14 years old. So I called to the radio <laughs> station. So we have Hardwell on the phone. Hardwell, uh, is this you? Yeah, that's me. Like, whoa, are, are you a kid? Yes, I'm a kid. I'm 14, 14 years old. 14 years old. <laughs> that's funny, man. That's funny. And what about like your first, what about, do you, do you remember your first gig? Like, do you remember, how did that come about? Like, for example, I remember similar to Revealed, how it came out of a need. My first gigs, I had to put, I had to put them on myself Yeah, yeah because yeah. no one would book me. So I had to literally come up with a concept, come up with a party name, come up with, you know, hire promoters. Like exactly, that was the yeah. only way that I could do it. How did you go about it? Because on top of it, you were so young. Yeah. You're 14. So how did you go about getting your first gigs? How do you get, you know, I, you know, I think I heard your parents, parents used to come with you to the clubs yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So. That's even later. Like, uh, I started really when I was like 11, 12 years old, I had my first drive-in show. I was just playing the birthday parties of all my friends. Then from that point, uh, it was just mouth on mouth. Like, um, how you say Word of mouth. Word yeah, of mouth. Yeah, mouth. Word of mouth. And, um, you know, we just started playing weddings and we had a, a like a, a, a proper dancing school in Breda. Like just, you know, Latin music and that's okay, where okay. I DJed on the Saturdays. At a dance school? At a dance school. So I played like salsa, samba and took that kind of music. That must have helped you too. Yeah. Because that's something that I see to this day is guys that know how to play or have played multiple styles of music yeah. are better DJs even on the big stages. Yeah, well, I used to play like everything from weddings to like proper hip hop parties with only hip hop, R&B music. And um, well, I, I DJ later on, I DJ at the age of 14. I DJ at a small bar in Breda, well-known Cafe Janssen. I started there just like the Cafe Friday Janssen. night shifts. And um, that, like at that point when I started DJing there, I got my first record deal. And from that record deal, I had a 360 contract which means that they did my bookings, they did my publishing, they released my records, they took care of everything. And so there were like a lot of clubs contacting the record label. Yo, we want to book that new guy, Hardwell. And before I knew I was playing throughout Holland, like Amsterdam, Rotterdam, everywhere. And Still at a young age. 14. 
So how did, how did you get around that? Like, is that how it works in Holland? Like being a guy from North America, how, like, are you allowed to go at a club to a club at no. 14 years old, 15 years old? Okay. So how did, how did, how did, how would you be able to pull that? Uh, off? My mom and dad joined me for every single show and they drove me every single show from the age of 14 till I was 18. And nice. I think between the age of 16, 17, 18, I did around like a hundred, 150, 200 gigs a year. So that was a lot. And the moment I turned 18, I was driving myself with friends just in the car and I don't even know if a lot of people realize this nowadays. Like I got so much DJ experience. I did over 1500 gigs inside of Holland before I went abroad. And I would like to say that Holland to me is still like the hardest crowd to play for. It is. If you can play Honestly. and kill it in Holland, you can kill it anywhere in the world. It's true. Like and To this day, I think it's true. I don't, I don't want to say like the Dutch crowd is spoiled. That's totally not what I'm saying. I, I'll say it. But no, it's not like it's not because there are so many good DJs from Holland since the very first beginning of like since the invent invention of dance music, like when dance music got invented and you know we had Tiesto, Armin van Buren, Ferry Corsten, like all the guys. Holland is so used to all the big DJs yeah. as a new kid, it's really hard to prove yourself. And it's not because they're spoiled, but they know exactly what quality is. They can, you know. Yeah, it's not spoiled. Spoiled as in. Uh, it's a negative it's like, word. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, more like you're so lucky. Yeah, they like, know what they want to hear. Exactly, and 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 like the the so many DJs and producers are like bred in Holland. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. that that's what they're used to. Exactly. Yeah, they're used to that insane high quality. Their expectation level stays that high because that's what they're used to. And it's funny, it reflects on the dancing nowadays. Look at the DJ Mac. Even like, if you look at the list, it's like- oh, A million percent. Like only Dutch people, well, not only Dutch people, like there were more people from Holland than any other country in the world in the list. And same goes, and not even like the DJs, but even like the dance festivals. You know, before any big festival in the world, we had already, in Holland, we had like the biggest and craziest parties. IDNT was throwing Thunderdome back then, which was like the first- well, like the first festival, basically. Dance music festival. Dance music festival, yeah. Huge. You're 18. You know, you've, you've got past, like, you know, your parents having to, to, to take you to, <laughs> to, to the, the club. To, to the clubs, right? <laughs> and now you're kind of, you, you know, with, for lack of a better word, you, you're blowing up, right? You're, you're starting, you're starting, to, you're, you're starting to blow up. When was like the first time that you realized like, oh shit, like I'm starting to be known. Like I'm borderline famous. Like when, oh. like, was there something, was there like, you know, did someone famous want to meet you instead of you want to meet, like, what was the first time that you were like, this is, this is, this is getting bigger than not necessarily expected. Cause you always wanted it for yourself. But like, um, well, like being well known, that was definitely after I became number one DJ in the world because of all the media attention. But my, the attention that I really loved, like somebody wants to meet you, that was my big inspiration. I got an email from Tiesto and he's from Breda as well, the city where I'm born and raised. Yeah. And uh, let me think back. This was uh, 10, 10 years ago. So I was like uh, 21 and he emailed me 
uh, that he really loved my records. He was one of the reasons why I started in the first place being a DJ. Like he's, a bit, he's always been a big inspiration for me till this day. And he emailed me that he loved my records. He heard my records somewhere and he was really keen on hearing the new stuff I've been working on. So we emailed back and forth. He started playing all the new stuff I was making. And uh, then he uh, invited me to come and play with him in Ibiza. And at that age of 21, I've never been in Ibiza. So yeah, that was like a like a, really a changing point in my career. And after the, the meeting in Ibiza, that was the first time I met him. We really connected. Uh, we went in the studio together. Uh, we made the track 076. And from that point on, uh, he asked me to come with him and uh, open up for him on his tour in America, North America and in Canada. And I remember that. Yeah, and at that point, that was the first time I was playing uh, outside of Holland, like not, not outside of Holland, but like in, in, in America for like a really big crowd. I, I played in America before and in Canada, but like small shows. Yeah, small shows. But not like ice stadium, like 20, 30, 40,000 people. And at that point... Yeah, because he hired you to open like every single one of every his Every single, gigs. yeah. So if he was booked on a festival, Hardwell was there. I was there. Perform, yeah. And at, that was a point in my career, like an eye-opening point in my career. It was like, yo, the music I've been working on is actually working. It's resonating. It's yeah. resonating. Like the people are reacting to the, the stuff I'm making. And that, that tour... I think I went away from home for like a month and a half, which is like by far like the longest time I ever spent from home, like on tour. And on tour, I mean like DJing every single day, like a month and a half, two months in a row. And being able to test your records every single night for such a big crowd, it's like the biggest inspiration you can get. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the best test. It's the best can, test. It, yeah. And like during that tour, I made, uh, we had 076, like... Then I made Encoded on the tour. I played Encoded a lot. And you can tell, after that tour, I went back in the studio. And by the end of the year, th th this tour was like in the beginning of 2000. And if I'm not mistaken, I think 12. And by the end of the year, I made Spaceman and Apollo in like, I don't know, like in maybe a month difference. They, that was like, the, I had so much inspiration back then. Really, eh? Man, I remember, uh, man, Spaceman had such an impact on the dance music community. Like, nothing like it had ever sounded like it. It was just so genre-changing, man. You know? I still don't know till this day why. Like, yo, well, I, I understand. Oh, I, come on. No, I understand the concept it's of so Spaceman. It's so good, and it's like, there was nothing like it. Like, it was, it's undeniable. Maybe you feel that way because you made it. No, I, I, I'm trying to say that like I never went into the studio um, with, with, like, with the thought of making something next level, something mm -hmm. that was working, like, like something different. It, it, it came it, it, naturally. It, it, came naturally. Naturally. Like it, it, all of a sudden it was there. Most special records do though. Yo, Space Man from beginning till end without some of the drums was done in 20 minutes. Like 20 minutes. It was done. Like the melody wow. and the chords came like like that, like just a finger, finger snap. Incredible. That record still to this day, as soon as you hear like just the like, like 
Every, like you, you know it's coming and you're like, oh yeah, I can't believe it, you know? Yeah, that was definitely, that record was definitely a game changer for me. That was like the song that really resonated for me in, uh, especially North America. So if you, yeah, man, I remember, I remember like everyone, guys like Calvin Harris were starting their set with yeah, Space Like Man. not with his own record. Like he was yeah. starting with Spaceman. Yeah. Um, like on that tip of like first, like, or, or important times, like if you look at like the past decade, yeah, you know, um, you know what, let's do it in two parts because I'm very interested okay. in this. What are like, let's say the top three things as Hardwell, Hardwell, yeah, that like have, you know, um, been important to you, like, like our highlights or, or, or yeah, things that have like really marked you in the past decade. And what are the three things that have uh, also been important to you that you see uh, in the past decade before revealed? Before revealed. Like, no, not before, also for revealed. Like what are the top three highlights, let's say for revealed in the past decade? And what are the top three, let's say highlights in your career, your personal career? Let's start with you. Personally, um, personally uh, it's fair to say like uh, the first time I became number one to you in the world, that was like as a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't as necessarily for me that I wanted to become the best DJ in the world or like the most popular DJ. It was for me like Tiesto was my biggest inspiration and he was known for being the like, top dog. The top dog. The top dog. And I just wanted friend. to like, like step in, like follow his footprints, yeah. which, which meant becoming the number one DJ. And that's, that's something I just wanted to achieve for myself, not necessarily being named the best DJ or like, you know, just. But that's how it became. Like the, yeah, the way that it became. dictate the number one DJ in the world at that time was that. Yeah. So you had, that's something you had to accomplish. Okay. Yeah. So I accomplished that. And even before that, Second thing where I'm really proud of is that we did our own I Am Hardwell World Tour. Even mm. till this day, like DJs play festivals, DJs do like big tours, but they play clubs. And they get booked by a promoter, et cetera, et cetera. No, we did the other way around. We were, we as in the team uh, from back then AM Only and our agency revealed Hardwell. Alda included as promoter. We did our own shows. We did like a concert yeah, your own tour. Shows. Yeah. Hard ticket sell it concert tours worldwide two two times in a row. First I am Hard, and then after that United We Are, my album world tour. Until this day, like all like just a couple of DJs did that, and I'm so proud that we did yeah. that. And third one, third one. What do you think? I think at that point, so it's kind of like I became number one. We did the world tour that I started my own foundation, Unite We Are. Yeah. And that was a point in my career that I was able to give something back. Yeah. So I gained a lot of following. I became kind of, like, kind of famous as a DJ. I was selling a lot of tickets. And with that being said, I could finally give something back, like on a big scale, not like, oh, yo, I'm starting my own foundation and let's raise a couple, like a couple, a couple of dollars. No, it was like a proper way to give something back to the world. And we still... You know, till this day, the foundation is still active. And, uh, Incredible. We did, yeah, we did the world's biggest guest list in India because India is a special place in my heart. And uh, yeah, I think being there, meeting the people. Uh, They're so appreciative that you did that. Yeah, throughout, like, throughout the years. Um, when I, like, so we did the first show. Let me, uh, let me explain what, what's going yeah, on yeah, in my mind right yeah, now. Tell. So um, we did the first show. We raised the money, came back to India. And like a year later, I actually 
look the people in the eye, like the kids in the eye that we helped with the foundation. And there was a girl who wrote a letter to me that uh, she actually wanted to uh, commit suicide. And because of the foundation, she was able to go to school and now she's becoming a doctor. Like she is like a bright future uh, because of, I say, a simple show I played. But with that set, with like a simple show, I, with that, I'm trying to say like, I was finally able to raise awareness for what was going on. Like it just, I, 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 I'm not here to say like, I'm going to change the world, but I, I like, no, but I, I, I was trying-, trying to like something that was really, that really, I was heartbroken the first time I came to India that like there were so many homeless kids and I just wanted to give something back, you know, because it felt wrong for me to do a show there and, you know, just don't care about what I saw. And but to be in a place in your career where, you know, like when you say simple show, it's not that it's a simple show. It's just, it's a simple act. It's a simple act. Like it's easy yeah. for you to do. Like, it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. You, you're, you're putting something together, but it's something that you've experienced doing. Like you, you, this is something you do on a regular basis. Yeah. So just doing one thing yeah, that's, yeah. could be so majorly impactful exactly. by doing, that's, I, that's, I, the, that's not what you, that's what I'm trying to explain. It's not simple. It's not simple, but, but the like. the concept is like, I do a show, we help people. Like exactly. That's what I mean. I, I, and yeah. like raise the awareness and, you know, with, with like, I don't know, man. It was like life changing for me that moment. Yeah, I'm sure. To, do, be in, doing that. to be in a place, like I said, in your career where. You give them something uh, back, yeah. Incredible. On a personal note, and we'll, we'll get to it later, but on a personal note, and as a friend of yours, I could tell you something that I'm very proud of you. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you that you decided to stop touring. Thank you, yeah. Um, I think that it was a ballsy move, and I think that it was important for you to do. And for me, as a friend, I'm, you know, not just professionally, but as a friend, when you when when you did that and you told me about it, I was I was almost in tears because I knew that it was the right move. I knew you were doing it for the right reasons before things got out of hand. And um, it, it's not everybody that would have the um, the intuition, the balls, the you know the the, the just to pull back. Yeah, the way you did. So mm-hmm. we'll get to that, but that's just me and my. My favorite. Well, this, thanks for know, saying that, it, man. It's weird. It's like, you're not saying goodbye, but it's like, it, who would have thought that you wanting to take care of yourself is something that I would be proud of exactly. you to do, you know? Um, revealed. You. Yeah. Revealed. Talk to me about like, you know, top, like some highlights, you know? Canadian, some highlights. Canadian bus tour. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was definitely a highlight, man. That was such a sick tour. <laughs> that tour was amazing. Um, well, I'm going to start straight to the point, man. We have our own office since last year. Yes. October 2019, it's we opened man. our- Beautiful. Uh, like, it's not even like a label anymore, man. It's more like, it's, it's a record company now. It's, yeah, yeah. It's so different. Yeah. Till this day, I can't even believe we have our own it's office. It's like you have corporate offices with a family environment. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's That's like- basically it. The walls, you know, the walls are, the walls don't feel cold here. No. You know? No, no, no. That's, that's, not, that's not me, man. I don't want to be like a corporate, like music thing. Nah. Well, but, we need to. But because you can, yeah, you have to have that side of it. Yeah, but we have because, a side. But because you, you took a break from touring, again, like you were saying, you were able to, you know, put your, 
your footprint on on exactly on, on yeah focus on different things yeah. behind behind the whole show element yeah, and, yeah. and uh, for reveal I think there's so many highlights for reveal as well we started doing our own events selling out the events um, I think 2019 was a perfect example of that revealed it's not revealed is not even like uh, a face of dance music it's not even a record company, it's not even a label, it's like a family. Like people are really connected. Even in 2019, when we did the reveal shows without Hardwell, they sold out. Because mm. people who like dance music in general like what Revealed is loyal doing. To like, loyal, loyal to the sound. Not just loyal to Hardwell, loyal to the sound. Yeah, yeah and that's what I'm really proud of. It definitely for me, a second highlight that like, the f it's like, oh, so, you know, like every artist, is like, oh, I wanna thank my fans. Of course, I wanna thank my fans. I mean, it's like my second family. I always said that. But even with Revealed, you know, like they're so focused, like so dedicated to Revealed that I couldn't be even more proud. Like this is my baby. Revealed yeah. is my baby. And and I know what it means to you too, because like you were talking about, you know, labels like Defected. Yeah. That had their own sound, had their own imprint that you used to play, used to love. And yeah, now big inspiration, you're, man. And now you're in the position where it's like, you know, we're like, oh, I went to Ibiza the first time. Yeah, you probably watched a bunch of like defected Ibiza videos and you're like, oh my God, I can't of wait course, to be there. Of like, course. Oh, like watching guys like Junior Jack and Kid Krem and all those guys and like, oh man, I can't wait to Bob Sinclair. I can't wait to go to those parties. And now you have done it yourself, but in, you know, the, the, the more big room, yeah. Progressive sound, you know? Well, dance music is dance, dance music, music, man. Yeah. And dance music is really hard to... Like, what people don't understand is that dance music, and this is where it went wrong for a lot of commercial dance music records, there is no way to market a dance music song. Like, dance music is uh, a subculture, still is. Like, a big record, a big dance music record starts in the club, never on the radio. It starts in a club by Always. by DJs playing it out. Yeah. And you're you're not able to market that, you know? Like a DJ has to decide if he's gonna play your record, yes or no. And if a lot of DJs are playing it, that's how you like approach the ravers. And within the whole big rave scene, there are a couple of guys that like, you know, tell their friends and before you know, the record is big. And I like that, that's, that's who I am. That's what I like the most, you know? Um, I'm trying to say that like, there are so many, people think that dance music is sometimes is like a formula, like how they, you know what I'm trying the to formula, say? The formula, yeah, yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. You know, where they're like, okay, well, they're gonna go, they're, they sit in front of their screen and like, I'm gonna make this type of track. And then they build it within a formula. Exactly, of type and of track. with that being said, that's why I'm so proud and call Revealed more of a family than a record company. As, as a label, because as we're our label, I think our biggest job is to, you know, take care of the family. And we do that with music, we do it with podcasts, we do that with signing new artists, helping new artists. And I think that's the most important thing that we need to do, take care of the family. Yeah, speaking of, you know, always being on the hunt for, you know, for, for, for new talent, um, you know, in the past couple of years, the, the community, Revealed Community has been an important and integral part of the label discovering new artists. Yeah. And now you guys are moving forward again with Revealed Radar. Yeah. You know, what, what can we expect with Revealed Radar? What's going to be the difference? What's, what's, how are we evolving? 
Uh, well, it, it, it started on a community, you know, we started our own community, uh, which I'm really proud of. Like a lot of new guys are just, you know, on the community, talking to each other, like focusing on new music, uploading the music. Uh, I actually um, included it in Heart Lona as well since uh, I think almost a year and a half, two years ago, like yeah. the top three of best community releases. Yeah. And now with Revealed Radar, we're even focusing more. It's like, it's a different label. Like the radar thing is easy to explain, right? You're on my radar. So of course. Um, we're able to release even more music. Um, it's not about like releasing more music, but we have a bigger team now and we actually have the time to A&R more, uh, A&R the, the young kids more. Mm. And um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a bright step forward. People actually are able to like, new guys are able to release through the radar thing and then just build a, like they make progress, you know? And the big goal for them is, I guess, to release on the revealed main label one day. Yeah. And we keep like the main focus on that label. And well, obviously we release, we, we release a lot of guys on Gemstone as well and just, you know, it's really fun to work in the music business as a record company and focus on new guys, new music styles, and be a little bro- uh, like a little more open-minded than just one genre. And I think even with Revealed Radar, we're able to release different kinds of sounds within dance music. Speaking of like, because I, I, I debate this all the time with people. Yeah. Like, where do you think, you know, talking about like, you know, the future, new artists, where do you think the future of dance music is going. You know, like for example, everybody say, you know, four years ago, people were like, oh, Big Room is dead, Big Room is, and man, that shit's still alive and well. Like, yeah. where do you think the music itself is going? Not not the industry, but the music itself. Where do you, where do you think it's going in the next five years? Um, I think dance music in general, it's, you know, the big room sound became so big and so well known that obviously it's not dying. It's just like things are switching up all the time. Like it's the same thing as I could say in an interview, oh, dubstep is dead. It hasn't been as big as since uh, Skrillex did it like with a weekly release. No, yeah. it's just like things, things are changing up, you know, that's life, you know, and everything is changing, constantly changing. Uh, there are two things, like as a from a producer point of view, it's never been as interesting as it is right now because people are really open-minded. And if you look at, at, at lineups worldwide, um, on, even like on main stages, it's so widely programmed. It's like guys that play techno. It's way broader. Than it's way mean. broader than it's ever been before, which means that people are more open-minded. If you look back at my old interviews, I kept saying this for years and years. It's not about one genre. Dance music is about... As you said, if it's danceable, it's danceable. I agree. And uh, I think that's where we're heading right now. There's nobody like in an, in an, let's say, let's pick the easy thing. Let's pick a Tomorrowland crowd. I think 20% of the people also like reggaeton. Like 20% of the people like da- uh, like Deep House. 20% of the people are there to just trap dance music, or like a trap, dubstep, rave, like bass house. But they're all standing there in front of one stage and... You know, I think dance music is so widely accepted right now yeah. with so many specific different genres. Nothing is dying. Nothing is getting bigger. There have always been hypes, even in pop music. Yeah. The Backstreet Boys sounded different than Ariana Grande day, these days. Both are pop music. See, things are changing. That's I life. I mean, dude, Jay Balvin booked yeah. at Tomorrowland. See? It's a dope show. You know what I mean? It's not a DJ. Like, so I think like music is more widely accepted than... 
it's ever been. So for the future of dance music, I think it's it's fair to say that like there are more different genres combined in one style. As a producer, I'm looking for new stuff, you know, like coming up with new sounds, gaining inspiration, not only for like another dance music record, but like just music in general. Like just be open-minded, try something different and try to, you know, make it work for you. Yeah, I, let's let's talk about that actually. Make it work for you. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to assume yeah. that, you know, because you have a bit more time on your hands, you are kind of reinventing yourself musically. What's Hardwell's dance music future? You know what I mean? Like what are, where do you think you're going with your productions? Where do you think you're going with your sound? Are you still trying to figure that out? Do you have a clear path? Is it something you don't want to talk about? No, I definitely want to talk about it. Like I'm definitely trying to reinvent myself. Well, that's basically one of the reasons why I took more time off, you know, like, um, you know, as a, as a producer, I always was like really open-minded for different genres. Like if you look back at my releases, I've released so many different kind of tracks, even within dance music, not even like the pop stuff, but like so different, different kind of genres in dance music from bleepy Dutch house to, Big Room to more trendy, even I think my first album, United We Are, was kind of a reflection of that, but like a different kind of genre within yeah, dance music. Yeah, absolutely, that's true. And um, right now in the studio, I'm just really focusing on the music that really keeps me going as a as, personally, not even like as Hardwell. That's just that's gonna be like my outlet. If I if I ever decide to release all the stuff I'm working on right now, Hardwell is gonna be my outlet and the way I'm gonna present it to the world. For now, I'm just making the as new... A, as opposed to you having a purpose to do it. Exactly. Okay, like, I'm, okay. I'm like, the yeah. music I'm making right now, I'm not thinking about like, oh, if I release this record, then like, I, need, I need a visual show like that. No, I'm not thinking like that. I'm just making the music that personally I want to hear on a festival. And it's purest form. In the purest Most form. Most honest, purest. There's no back-end thought. And it's all about the music, not about a show, not about a deadline. Nothing. No. And what I mentioned, like in the beginning of this interview, I made a lot of records that actually that I needed to work in my DJ sets. But since I'm not DJing right now, I'm making the music that comes straight out of my heart and that I want to like, I, I want to hear the songs I'm making right now. I want to hear them on a big stage. Like I want to hear them and... It's not like a specific genre I'm making. I just want to, this is, this is my interpretation of what dance music should sound like. Without even saying something like, this is what's missing in dance music. No, no, no. it's literally like, blah. Like it's literally like just emotion from- It's emotion, something that like, I've seen so many different stages, so many different arena festivals, everything. And I think I at this point in my in my life I just used that 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 knowledge that I that I that I have to uh not not even the knowledge because now I'm going to now now it's going to sound wrong that I'm working on a formula no it's just like the opposite like everything I'm doing right now is just a feeling it's a feeling it's not about oh this song needs three drops this song doesn't yeah, it's formula list it's exactly it's like where, it's it'll go opposite. wherever it goes it goes wherever yeah. it goes like every song i'm making is like a journey on itself which is what you used to be you know what used I mean? to like be back, like that. back in the day you used to be like that people used to pride themselves on making 12 minute songs that took you on a, Dude, on, a, on, a on a journey that's the best that's the best just yeah. being in the studio and the only thing i want to do right now in the studio 
is capture a feeling, an emotion, a feeling, and not like, oh, this is going to work on a stage or this is not going to work. No, it's not about if it's going to work. It's not about how hard the drop hits. It's, it's, it's a feeling. And like if, almost forgetting the technical part. There is no technical it's part. It's just, how does it feel? Man? Music is art. It's never been a technical part about art. There is no technical part in art. Art is a feeling. Because if I show like a crazy art piece to you and ask you, what do you feel? You feel something completely different than I feel. Or even describe it. You describe something different than... Yeah, even what it's worth. Exactly. You know, even the value, it's only how you interpret that value of that particular piece, for example. I wasn't, let me say this, I wasn't able to make the music that I'm making right now if I was still on tour. Because I was like, I don't want to say well, like, I was that tired, but like I was focused on my DJ set. That was my main focus. Yeah, you and had to kill it. Yeah. To, yeah, and I made the music yeah. that worked for me in my DJ sets. And at this point, I'm just me being myself, super relaxed, trying to translate the feeling, the emotion I have inside of me into a dance music song that I want to hear and what the, the music that I like. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing right now. And without feeling expectation. There's no of, expectation. Of the, yeah, of the crowd, like, oh, they expect me to do this. There's none of that anymore. No. Speaking of feeling though, um, I want, I actually, I, I want to talk about this. I'm sure a lot of people do. What, what, like, how are you feeling? What made you want to take a break? What was, you know, how was it boiling up? How, when did you, you know, when did you decide? I know you're very close with Tim, you know, did, yeah. did, did that freak you out? Like, what are the steps that you took and you saw in yourself, you're like, man, I, I got to pull away. You know, uh, was it also that you knew you were listening, were you listening to your body because you knew that you did this previously when you were younger, yeah. like you had a, a burnout, you didn't want to get there. What were the, you know, what were the steps for you to say, Rob, you, you got to calm down. You got to take care of you now. Well, definitely that Tim had a big influence in there, in this, but, um, not in a way that like, I was not deadly tired. I could have go on for years, like with the same schedule. Like it was, I wasn't deadly tired or something. At, at the point I released, uh, well, when, when the press uh, article got released that I took a sabbatical, I was taking a sabbatical. People were like, oh, is he sick? What's going on? Like, no, nothing of that happened. Like I, I wasn't burned out, nothing. I was tired of what every, every DJ is tired after the yeah, summer yeah, tour. Yeah, like, with regular stuff. Well, as I like, said, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I could have gone on for like another 10 years with the same schedule. That was not the thing. There were like a, a couple of things. Like inside of me, there was like, as I just mentioned in the, in, in the previous conversation, like there was a certain feeling that I wanted to work on something new, like new, like not new, but like there was so much inspiration inside of me that I couldn't, I express. didn't Express, you couldn't express, express at the time. Exactly. Okay. And that really worked the wrong way in, inside of me. That was boiling up and I wasn't relaxed anymore. You know, I wanted to focus on my music instead of my DJ career. And at the point I actually stopped DJ, DJing, I just wanted to take a break, like no studio. And I haven't done it actually for base, almost a year. Like I haven't been in the studio. Uh, I just finished up a couple of songs that were already laying around and you know, when, when, when Tim uh, died, uh, for me, that was like, like kind of an eye opener, like, yo, life is something like, it's so, 
I don't know, man. Like nobody know. I exactly can't describe you what life is. You only get me, one, man. You only get and one. And I wanted to make the best out of it, and I think for me at that point, taking some time off, it was like taking some time off. Not that I really needed the time off. For me, it felt like I need to take a step back right now to come back stronger than ever. Sometimes you need to step back to move two steps forward, right? Of that's course, like, absolutely. No, that's exactly. Of course, that was like the purpose of taking a break. That was the exact purpose of taking a break. It was not like, yo, I'm deadly tired. I'm sick of this. I never want to do this again. No. I'm sure there's a relief to, you know, a lot of your fans and the people who care about you. You know what I mean? Because it is pretty drastic. You know, there was, there was no lead up to it. It was like, this yeah. is how I feel. And, 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 it was, it was do, and doing it like without fear of like alienating anybody, you were like, this is what I need to do for yeah. me. Like I've thought of everybody else for a long time. And yeah. now I have to really think about myself, but it must be a relief, you know, it must be a relief for the fans to know, like, you're good. It's a you really know, hard it, decision though. It was a really, it, till this day, oh, it was sure. a, probably one of the hardest things I've done in my life. You know, it's, it sounds so cliche to say, but it definitely was. Nah, but cli- cliche is real. That, that's why they call them cliches most of the times, because it's true. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, it's, it's from, from every perspective, it's different. You know, understanding everything. You know, from the fans to um, your team. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're, the business is feeding a lot of families. Yeah. You know, you stop that, you know, things, you know, things happen. Like these are all these things that you have to think of. So I'm sure it wasn't, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't easy, but I'm sure it was also a relief to the fans and everybody to know that like, it really came from not like a ill perspective or like an no, unhealth no, no. perspective, you know? No, it was, uh, I needed that me time to, you know, discover myself again. And, you know, the funny thing is, I want to talk about this as well. Like, it's weird that the fans, for some reason, the dance music fans always expect DJs to always be being touring. Like, it's weird because no pop artist does this. None. Like Justin Bieber just released yeah. his new single, Yummy, after, what is it, three, four years after his last, last yeah. tour. And That's normal. But when a DJ takes a break longer than, than two months, it's weird. Like people are like, yo, why is he not on the festival? Why is he not releasing any music? So that's weird, you know? Like the pressure they put on DJs, that's, it, it's not normal, man. Yeah. Like a bunch it's, of like, ways. it's out of this world. And a bunch of different, even, even, even like production-wise, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. pop artists, it's like, they use writers, they use exactly. producers, they yeah. use the best in the business. There's a reason why there's like 20 people on a Beyonce record. Yeah. But in, Dance in music, the DJ it's, world, it's me, myself, and oh I. Oh my God, <laughs> Most of the man. Time. It's like, you're, yeah. But I'm glad that you're, I'm glad that you're feeling good, man. And what do you, what do you think you, you know, I mean, man, I don't want to ask this question. I was going to ask you when. When, but I don't want to know when, man. The like, honest answer is I don't know. That's the honest answer. I don't want. I don't even like in thinking about it. Like, I don't want to know when. What's more important is that you, when you do it, I know that I know you're going to be just as smart as when you took time off, and you're going to come back with more impact, and you, you you're you're going to time it properly. So, I don't want to ask when. I don't want to put that pressure on you. I'm working on. Uh, I'm working on like a lot of music right now, and. Um, I'm getting more satisfied every single day when I come back to the studio. Like I'm, I'm not aiming for a certain direction. I'm just like, honestly, really happy with the music that I'm making right now. And it's getting better 
every day. I'm getting, personally, I'm getting more satisfied every single day and it's getting, I'm getting more satisfaction out of it every single day. So at a certain point when I have like, I don't know, a couple of songs laying around, like whatever, 20, 30 songs laying around and I have that feeling because that's the feeling you know as a DJ that yeah. everybody like. And I, I said this phrase a lot in interviews, like I want to get the butterflies in my stomach before I get on stage, but I want to get them right now in the studio. So I finish up, let's say a comeback album or whatever you want to call it later on and have the butterflies in my stomach in the studio like, oh, I can't wait yeah. oh, to I can't play this song right now. Oh my God, yeah. And that's like, it's a natural feeling. And the moment I get that feeling, like that, 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 I don't know, man, that crazy excitement, I will be back right away. I'm super happy we did this, man. Like, this is really cool. I think it's dope that I will happen to be here to be able to do this together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I got to visit this, like the studios and uh, it's beautiful here, man. Congratulations again. Thank you, bro. And uh, thanks for letting me be a part of episode two. Thank of you, bro. Together thanks for doing it. Yeah, man. Cool.